417 says for this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all all comparison has anyone felt afflicted some translations say trouble some say um, suffering have you, you felt that at all? Well, the Lord wants us to be reminded this morning that those are light. Those are just light. Those are just momentary, just little moments that are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that we can't even begin to compare. It's beyond all comparison. And I believe part of the weight of glory, that eternal weight of glory, is the promise that our Father, He is, He is, He is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Amen. John 14 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be suffering. Let it not be afflicted. Let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. This is Jesus. Jesus is talking. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. And if it weren't so, I prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place that's where he is right now right he's there he's in heaven he's preparing a place then I will come again I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you will be also and you know the where to wait the way to where I'm going and you know then you have Thomas saying but how do we know where you're going he said no 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 you're gonna
shared a vision that God gave me last night. I shared a vision of what I saw, which were highways lining up with people waiting to get into the city. Highways lined up and nobody could get in because we were jam-packed because it was a city of refuge. It was a city set on a hill. And then he said, let me show you something. He goes, man, he started, he backed it up a little bit and he just pulled out. And what I saw were all these little, like, veins in your eyeball. It was veins in an eyeball, and they're all heading in to the iris, to this one spot, almost like a bloodshot eye. And he says, all those little veins, they're little roads of people coming to me. He goes, but that iris, the thing in the middle, no matter how bloodshot your eye is, you still see clearly. And he says, so don't worry, my eye's on you. I see everything moving around. I see everything happening. I have my way anywhere I want to have it, but I've got you, and I'm watching you. And then he backed up further, and it was his eye.
speaking to me is it's a harvest this week of thanksgiving it is a harvest to be had all we have to do is be the workers and we've got to go out there and recruit more workers because the harvest is great but the workers are few i look out here and i see all the prodigals all the ones praying for the prodigals these empty seats they will be filled yes they will be filled but there's lots of work to be done first. So get up, praise his name, put on the armor of God, get in your Bible, read his word, let him fill you with his spirit because we've got a battle to fight. We got to fight for our loved ones. So one day we will sit at the feet of his, our Lord and Savior and praise him with all our loved ones. Hallelujah. Brittany has a word, but she's shaking so bad I may have to help her with it a little bit, but okay. All right, so while Judith was praying, speaking by the Spirit, a lot of people, different people had, had things. And what Brittany's got is, uh, goes along with the word that I was going to bring this morning, and it, we have to, to be undone. Uh, the example uh, that Carmen was given was Lazarus. You know, the Lord said, loose him. And he had to be stripped of those grave clothes. Our grave clothes is the world we're walking around in. And we have to walk out of that. And we have to be people of the Lord. He, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Yes. Because, and we have to know our covenant. These words I've been given the last couple of months have all been the same thing. We've got to know our covenant. We've got to know the word. We've got to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit because we keep wanting God to come down and do something, but everything he does in this world, he does out yes. of us. Yes. Amen. So Amen. It, it's all in us. He put his word in our hearts and he wrote in our inward parts and he put, gave us the earnest of his spirit. But it is not supposed to stay the earnest. Yes. We're supposed to grow up into Christ in all things. And we're supposed to pull off these grave clothes and walk through this world. One of the scriptures the Lord gave me is the one in Isaiah about bringing beauty for ashes. Not necessarily physical ashes, although I think that's part of what may be going to happen in this world. But some people are so tied to this world that when father moves they're going to be broken yeah. and the church is the beauty that imparts into these people and we have to be ready to be to give an answer of the hope that is within us and we've got to know this covenant and we've got to stand on it you know in the old testament 
Daniel prayed, the word that came to him was, the day you prayed, the answer came. But the enemy fought against it. I'm going to remind you that when the devil fell, he never said, I'm going to take over heaven. He never said, I'm going to beat up God. He said, I want to be like God. All along, he's known he couldn't whoop him. All along, he's known that. He's just, you know, there's a saying in the world about misery loves company. He's trying to take as many to hell with him because he knows that's where he's going to end up. And we have to know our place of authority over him. And we have to be willing, be willing to be that peculiar people. Yes. To look different than everybody else. That's right. The church looks too much like everybody else. Yes. And we're going to have to look different to, yes. to, to come to that new place that the Father's calling us to. And to be here so that the people can see us, but we can pull them up with us, not judging for where they're at.
It was your brother because that's your brother in there. Mm. Have a heartbeat for what beats mine. Have a heartbeat for what makes mine beat. Mm. I didn't come to those who are well, but those who need a doctor be the hands and feet, church. Be the hands and feet, church. No one's gonna make you do it. You got a free will. But choose the narrow path. Choose the narrow path. You may think you're serving them. But life is gonna come to you. Blessings will run you down. But you're too busy serving to even notice. You're just living in the promise. That's the way the kingdom works. That's the way the kingdom works. Too much of the world still sees God with a gavel in his hand. They still see God as that angry God 
And even if they've heard his name as father, they see him as an angry father. They don't see him as the good, good father that's beautiful in all his ways. He is beautiful in all his ways. He doesn't have the gavel. He gave that to Jesus and Jesus took it to the cross. We are redeemed. Those people that think that God has the gavel in his hands, they need to know that they can be redeemed. He's not angry. He's beautiful. He's beautiful. He's loving. He's kind. He's compassionate.
says, Isaiah 61, 3, to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Zion's not just a physical place anymore for the church. Zion is everywhere we put our feet. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, this is the example that Jesus really gave us. He exchanged our poverty for his wealth, our sickness for his health, our sin for his righteousness. And now we need to be prepared to give people uh, joy for their mourning, praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. The harvest is coming in. People are coming in, and they are going to be like trees planted by the rivers of water, like we're supposed to be. And they're going to, they're going to be trees of righteousness as well. Then the Lord spoke, and He says in Psalm six nine, He says, "The Lord has heard my supplication; the Lord will receive my prayer." Verse 10, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them be returned and be ashamed suddenly. See, the enemy, again, is trying to get us to do his work for him, really, because he doesn't have any authority on this earth. And that word ashamed means disappointed, confounded, confused. The enemy is confused when we stay on the word, regardless of what we see going on, because we have our eyes on Jesus all the time. And that's what we, again, we've got to know our covenant and be prepared to make that exchange for people.
we'll just keep praying that somebody invites them to church or drive somebody drive by somebody that's struggling on the side of the road and they're an addict and they're laying there and we just say well Jesus touch them it's about time we get out and we lay hands on them and we touch them and we let them know how loved they are and how different life can be when you're set free I just believe that's the power that needs to be released in this house the boldness that needs to be released in this house is to go out and let's love some people and I know you're like you've been talking about this for years I have and we do a really good job and I can tell you when I see y'all here on Sunday you do a great job inside these walls loving on people but what happens when you walk outside these doors what happens when you're walking in the world when you're at work when you're at school what's happening there are you truly <laughs> walking like he walks? Are you loving like he loves? Come on. I hope he's pricking you this morning because we have to prepare a way. That's done through identity. That's done through understanding who we are, the authority we have. Man, and if it feels good inside of you, why wouldn't you want other people to have what you have? And this isn't about filling a church, y'all. I don't care where they go to church. This is about building a kingdom. This is about, this is about introducing them to a life that is no longer, I can't wait to go to heaven, but I want to experience heaven right now, right where we're at. Come on, he's given that to us. And it's not for us to hang on to inside these walls. It's for us to go introduce the world to the same thing. Because you can only get so full, full in here. After that, what do you do? You stop? No. <laughs> it's not about that. Come on. Reach every person you can reach. Talk to every person you can talk to. Love on every person you come in contact. I believe when we submit to that, when we actually believe in that and walk in that and obey in that, he starts opening doors, opening gates, allowing us into places that other people aren't allowed to go into. That's happening. That's happening. Is that the 21st of December? He's opening the gates to the prison. We'll have our first opportunity to go in on the 21st of December. But that didn't just happen. It's like, like he prepared us, you know, because we said yes. See, there's, there's a time in life where you just say yes, and you just keep doing what you're asked to do. And as you do those things, he opens up more and gives you more and gives you more and gives you more. all of us it takes a family and we got a family full of gifts we got a family full of people who are and when we're united we're strong and we're tough and we can go out and do anything we put our minds to anything he tells us to do we can do that through him because he makes the way
declare the rest of this verse. Ready? This is what he was sharing in Isaiah. I'm just gonna keep reading because I think this is so good for what we're singing. And the, we prayed the spirit of prophecy. When you ask God to come, he comes. He's gonna speak. His mouth has things to say. And it says here, after that, they'll be called oaks of righteousness. I love this because it says the planting of the Lord. You are the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. They shall, so let's say you, you shall build up the ancient ruins and shall raise up the former devastations. They're former. They're no more devastated, right? We're gonna raise up those former devastations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. When you look in your family line, does it look like devastation? Does it look like sin? Does it look like bondage? Does it look like repeated, repeated, repeated suffering, repeated, repeated sin? In the name of Jesus, he wants me to declare that there is there's no more devastation of generations because the blood on redeems it. The blood on you redeems the bloodline. The blood on you. The blood on you. The blood on you. The blood on you, Brittany, breaks breaks the chains of the generations that have come before you. The blood of the Lamb has overcome and the blood that rests upon you. It breaks it. There is blessing where there's been cursing. I declare that in this place there's blessing where there has been cursing blessed in Jesus name the blood has set you free and it will follow through your children your children's children thousands of generations blessing 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 the curse is broken Drive to 
church on Sunday that the Lord is done with you. He has things for you to do today, just like he did back then. Don't allow the comforts of your life to distract you from the work that he's trying to do. We are not here for performance. We are not here to make you feel good about yourself and where you are. We are here to worship our king. We are here to serve a father in heaven who died to reconcile us. The job is much more than what we think it is. He's preparing a place that is like a place we've never seen. We can't experience, we can't fathom it, but he's not going to come until his bride is ready. And we have much work to do, family. Much work to do. I know we just keep on. She prayed prophecy. Oh, Lord. Let me share this about this lady. Um, She and her husband, the first time I saw them, God called them the Jewish people. And I just want to tell you, when you said bloodline, I know that there's people connected and have Jewish uh, family members in in their, their lineage. And she's got the full Jewish DNA of Jesus Christ. Her grandfather, I didn't know this, but the Lord told me a Jewish, they were Jewish. And the Lord is saying that she's carrying on a great ministry on this earth. Just feel his presence. Just rest in it. It's a good time to just have a conversation with him right where you're at. His eyes are on us. His ears are torn. Just towards us. He's bent down. We have a father who bends down to hear our voices. Father, we love you, we love you, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. 
We thank you for your word. Come on, we surrender today to you. Have your way in this place. Touch every heart in this room. Father, we surrender our children to you. Touch them, lead them, guide them. Give them wisdom and knowledge. Words. Mm. Oh, Father, we love you. Uh, continue to move. Continue to do what you want to do. Continue to touch this city. Mm. To change lives. Continue to have your way. Bring unity. Father, we pray unity in our churches. Come on, Father. Come on. We just thank you, Father. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah. I feel like having Thanksgiving right now. Just feel like eating a lot of food and sitting here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's uh let's take a little break. Go use the restroom. Get some coffee. Do whatever you need to do. Um I got a little bit to share, and then we'll just turn it over to the Lord. So we'll be right back.
Come on, we get, you know, if you guys get a little bit louder, everybody will come in here. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Yeah, come on. Thank you, baby. I need that. I barely drank a cup of coffee this morning. Y'all better hang on. I'm fixing to put some caffeine in me. Oh. Everybody good? Yeah. Come on. All right. We still got everybody out in the foyer. I think everybody's talking. They're like, you said take a break. We're taking it all. That's okay. Sick them, Kev. That's what you say. Sick them, Kev. Come on. Everybody's doing good this morning, though? Come on. We excited? We excited about what God's doing in the house? Come on, this is so good. Um, you know, before we, we jump into things, uh, it's kind of neat uh, how things broke out this morning. For some people, they probably never experienced anything like this, and maybe you have. I, I don't know, but uh, for us this morning, it was great because we had a kingdom class this morning with Jeff uh, and Pam. And in the kingdom class, uh, we talked about speaking in tongues, how to receive it, how, what it is, um, how important it is, how to how to coach people in it, but also how to share it. And for some people, that, that's a little different uh, if you've never experienced that before. Uh, and Jeff really lays it out really well. I really loved your teaching this morning, brother. Um, and a good way to, the easy way to remember this is, is there's really two types. And, and if you're praying in tongues or you're actually giving a message uh, in, a, in tongue, and, there, and there's two different rules. Yeah, there's two different rules. We got to see both of them this morning. Um, so, but it is biblical and you need to understand the biblical side of what's going on. Just because you don't experience it or maybe you haven't experienced it, doesn't mean that it's wrong as long as it's done correctly and in order. And that's what the Bible says. We should do things in order. Uh, so the two rules on those is if you're praying in tongues, who's your audience? So if I'm praying in tongues, the audience is the Lord. I'm praying to him, right? So he knows what I'm saying when I'm praying in tongues. And I thought that was a great way of putting that, Jeff. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah, he said, you're praying to the Lord. He's your audience. You don't have to interpret that. You don't have, it is between you and him. But if I'm speaking a word in tongue, right? And I'm speaking it to a congregation like we had this morning, right? We got to experience that this morning. That's only happened one other time in our church. Um, and he, if, if someone gives a word in that, there is supposed to be an interpretation, that's what the Bible says. It said somebody should interpret it. And that's why it's taken so seriously. Uh, it's taken seriously because, you know, there's the fear of the Lord in, Lord in that. And if God gives you a word, you've got to have the faith and the trust to believe in that. And, and Miss Judith actually came to me and asked me, and this is how serious it is. And I just said, you got to have the fear of the Lord. I said, if, and we go, I don't know if there's an interpreter in here. We have to have complete faith that if God told you to say something in a tongue to a congregation, that he is going to provide somebody to interpret that. Uh, and that's what you experienced this morning. That also happened the last time that happened, which was several years ago. Uh, and it was just right out of the blue. And I didn't get a chance to explain it back then and really walk people through that. Um, but it's all biblical. It's in... Uh, um, there's all kinds. First Corinthians, if you go to First Corinthians 14... It really talks about, you know, a call to orderly worship. So I'm just giving you this lowdown so you guys can have something uh, to base on. When people go, how is church? I don't know. People were saying stuff I didn't even know what they were saying. Okay, well, good. It says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, 
One will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret, interpret what is said. That's speaking in tongues, so that's giving a word in tongue, right? But everything that is done must strengthen all of you, right? So, so it must strengthen you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. Then must, uh, they must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy. We ask for the spirit of prophecy over this house. That's what we're asking for. So it says, let, let, you know, let two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak and one after the other so that no one will learn, uh, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. So I could keep going. There's a lot there. We could keep reading this, um, but research it. Get in there. It's in the Bible. Uh, this is biblical. Um, so trust me, I, you know, and Miss Judith, I love Miss Judith. And she, she gets a word of the Lord and I trust her in this house. So when she came and said that, I was like, all right, <laughs> that's what the Lord told you. We just go and pray that somebody comes forth. And, uh, and it did. And trust me, the whole time I'm like, Lord, if it's me, then give me it. I don't know about you guys. But I've been, I'm sitting there, Lord, give me, like, give me the answer to this. Give me the answer to this. Let me, let me be able to interpret. And, but I didn't get the answer, uh, but somebody did, Miss Phyllis did. So I uh, thank you for that. That's just a little bit. I just want to bring, does that bring any clarification to anybody? I'm just trying to let you know that it, it, this is, you don't get this in every church you go to. And churches just do things different ways. But this is biblical, what's going on. And, and my job is to... Uh, to, to walk through what the Bible says and also control what's going on in here at all times. Uh, and that's hard when the Lord breaks out. When the spirit of the Lord breaks out, everybody, we start getting words. I can tell you last night at the praise in the park, I ended up getting a word for like everybody out there. And I'm just walking around giving people words and they were spot on and I, it wouldn't stop because when it starts, you can't turn it off. It's like this thing that just keeps going and you're like, oh, okay, Lord, okay, okay. And it, uh, and it was just really good. So uh, the same thing can happen in a church and, and, and you're not trying to squash the spirit. You're trying to have order in the church. You're trying to do things orderly. Uh, and there's a time to, uh, to take a step back and go, okay, cool. Like we got that. And then there's a time to just let it go. Okay. That's why we've had service where we don't stop. Like we just worship and go home <laughs> because everything happens in worship. You're like, people are giving words and prophesying and people are being, you know, it's, it, he's being lifted up and, and it's good. So um, but thank you for that. I just wanted to share that a little bit and give you guys a chance to have that. If you have questions about that, come ask me later. Let's just, I'm open book. Jeff's over here. We have elders in the room. And, and if you have questions about any of that or concerns, come talk to us. Because trust me, we're not trying to offend or confuse. You know, I think the Bible also says in there, you know, when you're speaking in tongues, it's really to, to, to build up the believers, not the unbelievers. But when you prophesy, it's the prophecies that build up the unbelievers. So there's like, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. Read it, <laughs> read it, do what it says. That's what I'd like to say. But there's a lot of good stuff in there that will explain a lot of what you're seeing. And that's because the Lord's doing what he wants to do. And we're going to let him have his way in everything we do. But we're going to be orderly about it. And if something, look, and here's the thing, we're all human, right? And if we make a mistake, then guess what? We're going to apologize and we're going we're gonna to move on. We're going to correct it. And we're just going to say, hey, that was wrong. We shouldn't have done that. And, and we got to be, man enough and woman enough to stand up here and say, yeah, you know what? That was probably not the right thing, right? So understand it. That's okay. It's okay to make a mistake in here. 
It's okay. To, I would rather you be zealous and make a mistake than sit around and not ever say anything because you're fearful of man. Mm. We're not going to be fearful of man, right? So, but we're going to have grace in this house and we're going to be able to, to do things and grow. That's how you grow. You know, that's how you grow. There's a lot of, I think, I love it, man. Jeff had a lot of good things this morning. He, he, he talked about speaking in tongues like uh, riding a bike. And I was like, that is so cool because, you know, sometimes if you don't get on a bike and try to pedal it, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you're just staring at it going, wish I could ride a bike. Get on it and start pedaling. And you're going to make mistakes. You're probably going to fall down, but eventually you're going to get it. And the same thing goes with hearing the Lord and speaking what he has uh, over people. It's really just him working through you to talk to somebody. And uh, sometimes it's the best way to get somebody's attention when he really wants to get hold of them. <laughs> He's like, I've been texting you. I've been Zooming you. You're not answering. So let me just send somebody up that you don't know that's going to come speak something into your life that only I could know. And he's like, there you go. Do I got your attention now? <laughs> that's pretty much how he does it. And, uh, and that's huge. So thank you. Can we just give it up for an awesome worship team that just, man, they love Jesus. Don't feel sorry for them either because they'd sit up here all day and just worship. Feel sorry for me. I'm the one that has to stop them. <laughs> then, but, but I'm telling you, man, we love our worship team. We love everybody that serves in that. Um, they just have a heart for the Lord. And man, we're just going to continue to do what he says. So I've got a lot of just random information real quick. Can I just give you a bunch of notes because they pertain to what's upcoming and that's important for everybody to know and to make plans for. So I'm going to rush through some stuff. Um, well, first off, if you are new here, first time, fill out a connect card, let us know. Fill that out so that you can do it online. You can, you can do it in person. We have handwritten ones, but we need to know you were here. We can answer questions, reach out to you. If you want more information about what we do, go to our website. You can download the app. We got an app little thing up there. Scan that little thing. Uh, that'll get you to our app. Um, but all kinds of information there. Or just reach out to us. Um, our kingdom classes, when I say we teach in kingdom classes, kingdom classes are nine o'clock every single Sunday. And they're always different topics to, to do different things. So um, coming up, this like I said, today we're speaking in tongues. It's stuff that I don't get to come up here and teach about all the time because the Lord doesn't put it on my heart. But we have people that can teach and they want to teach on these things. So next Sunday is how to read the Bible. And I'm not saying like how to read. I'm not going to teach you your alphabet. I'm gonna, I want to walk you through the Bible, kind of break it down for you, how it's set up and, and the best way to kind of read it to get the most out of it, or at least what works for me, because my way might not be your way. All right. So you can figure it out. Let's, let's make it Yahweh's. <laughs> <It's> a little <laughs> joke. <laughs> I know. Didn't even know, didn't even know it. Uh, so... And then December 3rd is a good one. December 3rd is going to be Meet the Family. If you've never been part of that, if, you didn't, if you've never met the, uh, the family, what I mean by that is you get to meet the staff, you get to meet the elders, you get to meet the trustees. We love, we meet over in the annex in the morning. We just sit down, we share vision, we share who we are, we answer questions, we talk about why we do what we do. And it's a really good time. Uh, and if nobody shows up, it's a great time for us all to sit around and just celebrate what God's doing. But we want you there because it's important that if you just don't know who they are, it's a great time to come out and meet them. Uh, it's a wonderful time to ask questions. So uh, if you want to do that, that'll be December 3rd. Uh, then December 10th, we have how King David, um, how King David promises. David's, what's that? Affect you today. Oh, I saw Darlene Davis and I'm like, promises. Darlene Davis's promises. <laughs> I get it. Underneath. I got it. Uh, yeah. So how King David's promises affect you today? That's going to be awesome. So we look forward to that. 
uh, the 17th, The Secret Place Continued with Ryan and Allison. And then the 24th, uh, that's a big one anyway. I think we have a slide for this. On the 24th, we're doing no service. On the 24th is no service. So in other words, the 24th is Christmas Eve. It's on a Sunday. I have no problem with that. We can meet here on a Sunday, but I love family. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to say, hey, let's take a Sunday off. Um, love on your family. Spend time with your family. Rejoice as a family. Don't feel like you're missing out because you're not at church, right? And if this church is your family, then meet the people in the church and say, let's all get together and do something. That's good too. But the point is we don't have to gather. Go over to the Purdue's house. He said, come on over. Come over to our house. We're going to be there. Um, so it's just one of those days where we want you to just, man, rest. Rest. Uh, you know, I believe in the, uh, it's awesome, but you can read in the Bible about rest and all the spots. And what's important is that we, we rest sometimes. And maybe that's a good day for us to rest and celebrate a king um, and do it with your family. So no service on the 24th. Um, so you can put that in your calendar. So if you're planning on inviting people, don't invite them that day. <laughs> they get the wrong impression. <laughs> Come on out, Christmas Eve. So um, I jumped around, but let's go to, uh, so that was December 3rd. Um, once again, we do clean up around here on Thursdays. So if you, if you want to help out with cleaning up, get with Kevin. Um, we take care of this church. It's ours. So we want to take care of it, which is good. Uh, we have a big, uh, this is not a slide. So I need to talk about this one. Last year, if you were part of this, uh, our Bread of Life ministry, we team up with the Welcome Center and the Food Pantry. And we usually hand out food all the time. Once a month, well, once a month, we go down and pray over them. We hand out food every week. Uh, but once a month, we meet down for the, a massive food give out. We're not doing that in this month because we're doing a hot meal, a turkey Thanksgiving meal, okay? Uh, this is actually taking place Tuesday, the 21st, okay? So, uh, and I've got some stuff here. Let's see. So they're looking for volunteers. You know, we give to this. We, we actually helped with this already, and we just gave extra money this week to make sure they had enough food for everybody because they're feeding like 300 and some people, um, and we get to bless them with that. But we're all, they're always looking for help. So Monday, if you're available on a Monday morning at 8 a.m., that's this Monday, this is all going to take place at the Millbrook First United Methodist Church. It's actually right across the road from here. Go straight across the road, and then make your right. It'll be down on your right. It's really easy to get to. Uh, the First United Methodist Church, we served there last year and, and blessed people. They got a great set up to where people can just keep driving through. Uh, but what it is, is as we're serving, we can also pray over people. So it's, it's our line again. So we get to go up and pray over everybody that's waiting for food. And, um, but that's good. But Monday, they're going to actually do a turkey prep and cooking. So they're only looking for like two to three helpers for several hours to cook turkeys. Um, Monday at 5 p.m. So I'm just going to tell you, and then if this, this is you, write it down. Monday at 5 p.m., they're preparing cooked turkey. They need about 20 helpers for about an hour. And that's going to start at 5 p.m. Um, and then on Tuesday, uh, from two to four, they're going to prepare hot plates to go. They need about 20 people to help with that. And then on Tuesday at 4.30 to six is when we're going to actually give away those hot foods, uh, to the families. It's a drive through and then we get to pray over them. So that's a timeline for that, uh, Monday and Tuesday. If that's on your heart, you want to bless some families, you want to be part of that and serve and pray for people. That's a good time to do it. Let's see. A lot of things popped up this week you haven't seen yet. Uh, we were asked this weekend to do the uh, tree lighting in Millbrook. So yeah, so on the 30th of November, 
Uh, they're doing the tree lighting down there, and they've invited us down to do the, the nativity scene again, which is what we did last year. Uh, now they've invited us out to do the, we're going to open in prayer, so I'm going to get a chance to share uh, the story. I'm going to get a chance to open in prayer. We have a chance to bless the whole community. They had about 4,000 people show up last year, so it's a great opportunity. So we're going to have the nativity scene again, and we're going to be up there, and we're going to share. It's going to be consolidated this year. Um, I guess last year it ran kind of long, and People were waiting on the tree to light, so I guess people started leaving. So we're going to consolidate a little bit, but we're not going to consolidate Jesus. <laughs> so we're going to make sure they get all of him. Uh, but that's going to be on the uh, 30th of November. Uh, we'll have more information on that, I hope. Nope, probably not, because we'll be back. I don't know. Whenever the 30th is, be there. Uh, December 3rd is baptisms right here. So if you've been waiting to get baptized, you want to get baptized, December 3rd is baptism Sunday. It's awesome. We love it. So um, it doesn't, this is all up to you. Maybe you've made a massive change in your life and you're baptized as a kid. Well, now it's time to get baptized again. You want to do that, then be here on the 3rd. Sign up on a website or on the app if you, if you already know ahead of time you want to do that. That helps us prepare. But we always have a breakout in here and and we just tend to baptize a lot of people because the spirit hits them. And then, so we just baptize them. So if you don't sign up, don't worry about it. But if you do sign up, it helps us prepare and get you a cool t-shirt and stuff like that that you get to take with you. Um, man, there's just a lot. I already talked about no service. Uh, we are going to do a New Year's Eve service this year. So, you know, I'm giving you the heads up on these things. I just feel it's a good day for information since we've done a lot already. So New Year's Eve service, it's on a New Year's Eve is a Sunday. So instead of doing a morning service on Sunday, we're going to do a 6 o'clock p.m. service. Okay, and we're going to usher in the new year. Uh, we're going to meet here at 6, and, man, we're just going to praise the new year. Not all night long, but we're going to, you know, our goal is, you know, if you want to plan, plan 6 to 9. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to go as long as the Lord wants us to go. But it's going to be a great opportunity to come out, celebrate, prepare for the, a new year, a new season. And, and also, if you want to do stuff, if you already have plans to go out that evening, meet with family and stuff like that and have fa family gatherings, you can still do that because we're meeting from 6 to 9. Good? All right. So write these things down. Don't show up that morning. <laughs> that's, too, like, that's like two Sundays in a row or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, so two Sundays in a row, don't be here in the morning. Just letting you know. Um, we're going to have a, if you want to be part of life safety, as soon as we're done today, I'm going to have a life safety meeting in the annex next door. So um, if that's you and that's been something on your heart or if you're part of that team, I want to speak with you. We're going to have a meeting in the annex. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, this is way out. I'm going to give you a heads up. This is way out. January 26th. Okay, January 26th, go ahead, let's play this. This is going to be our, our family gathering this year on... <laughs> so we have our med not-so-evil times, right? Not-so-evil times, but every year we celebrate as a family... Um, what's going on and what God's done in that year. It's just a big gathering. So check this out. Come dressed in your most creative uh, medieval time attire. That's optional. <laughs> but we have fun with this. Last, last year we did a hoedown throwdown and man, we had a mechanical bowl up in here. We had a good time, y'all. Um, we have contests and competition and Jen always wins. So uh, we, every year we vote her out, <laughs> but she still competes. <laughs> so yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that one. 
Okay, but let me continue talking about this one and then I'll talk about that one. All right, so uh, registration is required because, you know, we get a bunch, we're gonna, we're gonna ask you to bring your favorite side dish or something like that. We're gonna provide the meat and it's probably gonna be something you can really grab a hold of on a bone that we can eat and uh, medieval. And we're gonna have some fun, y'all. Uh, I think we got some people that, that do some sword fighting and my, my vision of this is some competition. I wanna have one of those big blow up like jousting Q-tip things where we can just beat each other up. I think that's going to be fun. Um, that replaces the mechanical bowl. <laughs> we can bring that in again. We had fun with that last year, but uh, I think that'll be fun. But the point is, is we get to come out as a family and just celebrate and have fun. This is supposed to be fun. Uh, everything we do is family oriented. So that's going to be a great time. More to come on that, but I gave you the heads up because I want you to put it on your calendar, but you can start ordering your costumes. We're gonna have a jester, you know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> so it, it'll be a good time. So anyway, just put that. It's a good night. Don't miss that. That's a really fun time. Our not so evil, not so evil times. Um, the last one was the. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed the ugly Christmas sweater. I got reminded. So so it, since we're not doing Christmas Eve, December 17th, that's our ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. Okay, so we give out prize for first place. Um, so go get your ugliest sweater. We're wearing it that day. We're going to have some fun with ugly Christmas sweaters. Okay, so like I said, we're going to have fun still. Uh, you know, we'll still have a word that day. Well, maybe. <laughs> Lord decides what goes on. Awesome. That's plenty of announcements and notes. Um, just give me a few minutes and then we're going to wrap up. So Father, we love you, Lord. I thank you. And man, continue to have your way. We love you so much. Touch my heart, Father. Let everything that comes out of my mouth be all of you, none of me. Father, I just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I mentioned this last week. We kind of jumped, I don't even know if it's a series, but we kind of jumped into this thing about God's dreams bigger than our dreams. We started talking about Joshua and, and everything that God spoke to him and how, how that all relates to even us today about the dreams that God gives us that sometimes we just put away because we, we, they seem too big. Right? They, they seem like, you know, God gives you something. You're like, there is no way that could ever happen, right? And so you just squash it and you throw it away and you don't talk about it anymore. And God says, that's how you know it's my dream. Right. Says, you know, it's my dream when you can't do it on your own. He goes, if you can do it on your own, you don't need me. Yeah. Right? So, so last week we kind of tied into that where, where um, did I say Joshua or Joseph? It's Joseph. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sitting here going, Joseph's coming out of my mouth, but I already said Joshua. My bad. Um, so yeah, Joseph. So when I'm looking at Joseph, he talks about a dream he gets. He's a dreamer. So he gets it from uh, all these dreams, shares it with his brothers. They hate him, try to kill him. That whole thing goes down, right? And we talked about how those dreams didn't, probably didn't make any sense to him that everybody would bow down to him when he was just a guy working in a field for his brothers, right? Um, the biggest part about this, I think the biggest takeaway last week was the point that uh, there's God's dreams because they're so big, our dreams are smaller, but the point is we shouldn't have to strive. If you're striving to obtain something, you're gonna have to strive to keep it, okay? And if I look at his life, Joseph's life, he didn't strive to meet his dreams. He wasn't running around petitioning, going, make me second in charge, make me second in charge. He literally lived in the Lord. The Lord lived in him. He had communion with him all the time. He served him wholeheartedly, right? He said, I, and everywhere he went, they said, the Lord's with you. And so he was just him, possessed by the Lord. 
right? So he was so in tune with what God wanted. When he walked around, people just recognized it on him. And they just said, there is something special about you. And, and, every, and here's the cool part. Hang around people that you see something special is going on. Because good things happen around those people. Find those people. That's what they did. They're like, Potiphar's going, man, I don't want this guy in my house. He brings him in the house and he goes, my whole kingdom changed. You know, Potiphar's like, my house changed, my finances changed. Everything changed because of this guy, not because of me. He recognized the spirit of the Lord on somebody and he surrounded himself. He just put everything around it. And, and the spirit of, that, of the Lord came through that, that young man and changed lives, right? But it was the God dream, not his. And then as he pursued that, as he just kind of lived life out and he submitted to God, God showed up. And next thing you know, he's standing there going, oh, wow, those are my brothers. And they're bowing down to me. I think that's where the story takes a shift though. Cause then I see, you know, he kind of, I see a little bit, little bit of, uh, the human side of things come in where he starts messing with them and, and, and gearing things towards them. And also it's at that time that you don't hear a whole bunch about anybody saying that the spirit of the Lord's with him. And I'm just saying that because that's what I read in the Bible. There's not a lot of statements after that says, and the spirit of the Lord was with him. All that's before that time. I don't know. I don't know if there's something in that, but I've been studying that and I'll probably unleash that at some point when, I, when God gives me the right word for that. But I noticed that as I was reading through it, that every time it said the spirit of the Lord was with him, he was being blessed. And if you think about what happened after that, right? The Israelites spent a whole lot of time in captivity. And I don't know if it was his fault, but if I look at it, it says his next generations didn't keep talking about him. So when, when Pharaoh actually swapped out, when, when a new Pharaoh came in and a new king took over, nobody remembered what Joseph did. I don't know. I think we're supposed to share. We're supposed to uh, remind ourselves of, of what God's doing and what God's done. Um, that's why it's good to celebrate things. It's good to celebrate what God's doing in this house. It's good to celebrate what God does in other houses. It's good to celebrate what God's doing in your life and sit down and take a moment and just celebrate, right? And when we share what God's done in our lives, guess what happens? People don't forget, right? In this story, and I don't even know what I'm talking about this because this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but in this story, <laughs> people didn't remind him. People didn't talk. People quit celebrating. And what happens is they're stuck in captivity. They're stuck. They're slaves for a really long time. Because that's, that's the only reason why I can see it on there. They were getting powerful and they were growing and getting stronger in the Lord. And Pharaoh's like, I don't know who these people are, even why they're here. I don't know this Joseph guy. So he just curses them all. So... That's, that's huge. So anyway, uh, it took him 22 years. And I want to remind you of that. So when God gives you a dream, it doesn't mean it's going to come true tomorrow. 22 years it took for his dream to come true. 22 years of obeying the Lord, seeking the Lord, living in that. Mm. So that's the difference. So God's dreams are so much bigger than our dreams. Our dreams are what we want for our life. God's dreams are what he wants for our life. That's different. Because there are some things that I want for my life. Like I shared last week, I think I wanted to be a basketball player. I want, I want to play in the NBA. That was my dream. I still believe to this day I could have done it. But I was going to have to strive. And I was going to have to work really hard. And I was going to be an exception. But I was going to do it. But then I would have had to strive to keep there. You see what I'm saying? Where man, there's no striving in being in his presence, setting at his feet, resting in him. 
And it doesn't mean we get lazy and don't do anything. Trust me, if, you, if, you, if, if there's a dream, you have a dream, and that dream is to go, I don't know, we'll just keep using basketball, go play basketball, it's going to take work. But the point is, it, that shouldn't consume you to the point where you don't spend time with the Lord and you're not asking the Lord and you're not seeking the Lord. The Lord's in you and everywhere you go, every time you step foot on the court, lives are being changed because he's shining through you. And that's not, that there's no effort in that. I mean, this is this different. There's different. That's why we got to constantly think about this. So the key is to decipher what kind of dream he's putting on you. Man, I'm, not, um, I'm just going to jump down. I just, this was on my heart to share out of Proverbs. So I'm just going to share this and then we'll probably wrap it up. <laughs> really, really um, quick word this morning. I'm going to go to Proverbs 16. I'm going to read one through nine. I'm probably going to go slow when I read these. Because as I was reading them, he just said, you're going to read them. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to read them. And some of them don't tie into anything I'm saying. But the Lord said, let's read them. So Proverbs 16, 1. This ties in. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. I love Proverbs. So you can go out and make your own plans, but the Lord will give you the right answer. Whether you're listening or not, that's up to you. <laughs> Sometimes we get our eyes on the prize and we don't listen with our heart. So you can make up your own plans and what you want to do with life. But man, the Lord's got an answer for you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to line you up. Verse two says, people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Come on. Mm. Maybe in your eyes, you think you're doing the right thing. And the Lord is standing there going, Whew, I see what's hidden. Whose motive is it? Is it mine or yours? Are you doing it to, uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'll use this just because I, I like to use this when it's easy. You know, you want to be on the worship team? Is that because you want to be recognized or is it because you want to recognize the Lord? Some people just look for a, a, a platform. Some people just, you know, some people want to be a pastor because they get recognized because they can say a word. Hmm. In your eyes, it's good. I'm just preaching the word. But are you doing it for you or are you doing it for him? That's a different thing, y'all. Okay, let's keep going. It's a random bag of stuff. I like it. Verse three, it says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So, man, you have plans. God will give you plans. God will speak to you. But you've got to submit that. You've got to commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Give it to him. Man, surrender it to him. Ask him to bless it. Truly ask him what it is he wants for your life and he wants you to do. This is like a, this, okay. This is why we don't, this is why we live in the now. Can I put it that way? Too many people live in the past and when you live in the past, you can't change the past. It just affects how you do stuff right now, right? So we leave the past where the past is at and we don't worry about the future because guess what? If we get into the future, we don't control that. So why are you worried about, why is there fear? Why is there anxiety, anxiety about what's gonna happen tomorrow when you don't control any of that? When he says, live for today, Live for today. That's what he says. Live for today. I want you to wake up today. And, and, and on this day, I want you to go out and do what I ask you to do. I want you to pray for who I want you to pray for. I want you to love on people that I want you to love. I can't wake up today and go, man, I just really hope that tomorrow. <laughs> what? Like you're forgetting about today. Um, okay, story with that. Um, let's go back into Exodus. Right, when he drops manna, 
Let's just talk about that real quick. Because what he says is, uh, I'm going to feed you, right? He goes, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you today. He goes, you're going to take enough for today. And if you try to take too much, it's going to rot. You can't use it tomorrow, right? He says, so let me give you enough for today. And on the sixth day, he said, I'll give you double portion. Why? So that on the seventh day, you can rest in him. So he doesn't even want you to worry about that day. He says, I'm going to provide for you today. <laughs> on the sixth day, today, I'm going to give you double portion so that tomorrow you don't have to worry about anything. Just rest, right? So if he's telling us that even back then that I'm going to feed you, I'm going to take care of you. He's saying, worry about today. Go out and get your food today. Don't worry about tomorrow. I got you, right? But I think we get so caught up in with that. We're either stuck in our past or we're worried about the future and we can't live today. And he says, you need to live today. I don't even know what one I was on. No, that was commit your actions. <laughs> I'm really just going off the whim here, y'all. Hang in there. Only a couple left. Verse four says, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. He's made everything for his own purposes. Come on. He can use it all. He can use everything. He can use anybody. I mean, he used a donkey in the, <laughs> in the Bible. He, he used a bush. He can use anything for his purpose, right? Um, he can use it all. Mm. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests the proud. He detests them. They will surely be punished. That's a tough one right there. Got to get rid of that spirit. Got to sever that. Remember who it is for everything we do. Cannot be proud. We cannot have pride on our heart. We've got to surrender that to the Lord. It says they will surely be punished. Come on. Man, it's easy to think that your way is the only way. It's not. His way is the only way. Verse six says, unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. Come on, y'all. What is it? Unfailing love and faithfulness. And by fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. But he's a good, good father. Yes, he is a good, good father when you fear him. Not fear him like he's gonna, I mean, we talked about that in worship. He's gonna cut me off at the knees. Fear him out of reverence of who he is because he created everything. He's sovereign. Oh man, this guy, he, he's, oh. Fear him, <laughs> fear him. And people will, what, avoid evil. So, how, so if evil's tracking you down, if evil's got a hold on you, fear the Lord. <laughs> Understand who he is and what he wants to do. And he does love you. Verse seven, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Isn't that awesome? It doesn't say you won't have enemies. <laughs> when people's lives Please the Lord. So how do you please the Lord? Man, one, you, you, gotta, you gotta honor him. 
worship him, speak to him, revere him, love on him, do what he says. It's a big one. Just obey him. If you just obey what he wants you to do, it's amazing what happens. And he says, if you do that, then he's, pleasing with, he's pleased with you. And then even their enemies are at peace with them. He'll make your enemies at peace with you when you please the Lord. It just takes me back to seek God first. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? Seek first him. Seek first him in everything. And guess what? Your enemies will have peace. That's a pretty good one right there. Okay. Verse eight. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Come on. <laughs> I'm just going to say it again. Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. Come on. I'm telling you... You know, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And, and people, whew, money to them is everything. Money will cause them to be dishonest. Money will cause you to do things that just do not align with what the Lord wants you to do. Money will, the love of money will stop you from doing what the Lord really wants you to do. So personally, I would think it's better to have little, but all of him. Because he'll take care of you. He says, I'm gonna provide for you. I'm gonna take care of you. He's gonna feed you. He said, so guess what? If I got him, I don't care about the rest. Hmm. I really didn't prepare any of this. So we're just having fun. So, so verse nine, we can make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So here's the thing. Even when he speaks to you and tells you what to do, we think it's our job to go out and make it happen. And he says, let me show you, let me determine the steps for you. Why? Because man, they're precise. They're so precise. They, they are so put in order. It's funny how much stuff God wants to do in us and through us, but we're always waiting on somebody else. Because he spoke to them at the same time, but they're not doing it. But you could overstep that and then go try to do it yourself. And all of a sudden we're back to square one because you ain't get nowhere. So there's a time for everything, a season for everything. Oh man, my wife was just saying that. What would you say that about people in our lives? There's a there for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. That's huge. Come on. A reason, a season, or a lifetime. Whew. All right. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna remind you of a dream I had about this place. And I want you to pray about that, and I'm gonna pray bring it back up next week. Because we got a lot of new people and they don't understand why we do what we do and how we do it. Okay, everything we've done in this house, everything we set forth in this house and put in place because the Lord says do it. And none of it makes any sense. The fact we're here doesn't make any sense. How we got this place doesn't make any sense other than the fact that the Lord has his hands on it and he wanted it to be done. 
And I've shared this before, so if you've heard it before, that's great. If not, then just hear what the God has in store for us. He gave us a vision. He gave me a vision. And it was a vision of this property. And you need to see this. This was not just this church and the land behind us. It was this whole, this, this, <laughs> this was a lot bigger than what you see, yeah. right? This, this was, um, how can I, how can I state it the right way? The word, what was that? Yeah. Oh yeah. We got all that. I'm going to get into that. This is more of an, he showed me the vision and he said, this is going to be an equipping center. He said, this is going to be an equipping center. And he showed me all the buildings behind us that we occupied. And they were occupied with dormitories and, and things to equip people to go do ministry. That's what he showed us. He goes, this is not just for you. It wasn't a bigger church. He didn't show me a bigger church. What he showed me was all the land occupied out here and we had it all. And we were equipping people up and sending people out. But we also had a school. We had a school for our kids where they were being, man, they were being equipped in the house to encounter him. Like to live in a, a constant state of encounter, not to be living by the world, but be living by a whole different standard of what he wants in his kingdom. Ah. <laughs> and with all that, it's, man, I wrote down what I really, I mean, I wrote it down verbatim. I just, can I just read it? Because man, I'm getting fired up up here and I want to start like telling you. Said I had a dream that this entire section of land was ours. It was a campus that housed people who wanted to pursue the Lord with all their heart and provide. And we provided a solid foundation of training and equipping. We were training and releasing sons and daughters to go out in the mission field into the world to establish new churches and grow the kingdom. It was never about being a large church. It was about being a spark in the world that creates a fire that keeps on burning. This pocket of fire would connect to the pocket of fire, to that pocket of fire and that pocket of fire and to another pocket of fire that would spider web through the earth, transforming everything we come in contact with. It was all done through love and identity. And with, all, <laughs> with that, all things happen. With that, our authority is known and we could walk into any place. And if darkness was in that place, it would have to leave. We would have a school that would teach our young children the priority of the kingdom and not the priorities of the world. It was a place where you could send your kids so they could be saturated with the love of God in his presence. Yes. It was so thick in this place that they understood what they were supposed to do and then equipped to do it. Where they could dream and encounter Father in a mighty, mighty way. We had dormitories and instructors for those wanting to walk in ministry, a school of equipping and establishing a foundation of saturation. Papa showed me this in several, several dreams. And we only got this far because of God. And the worst part about that, the first thing that comes to anybody's mind when you see that is how in the world are you going to do that? I love that. I love the fact that I have no clue. <laughs> I love the fact that I get to wake up every day and say, Lord, make it happen. Our job in this is to not to try to make it happen. Our job is to love him and obey him and walk in what he wants us to do. And he will make it happen, right? And we can't take our eyes off that. We can't take our eyes off that. Man, it is so easy to get caught up with all the other things we do to forget about the big picture. Forget about the big picture. He said that this is yours. He gave me the vision. Look, he shut, he shut down everything else we were doing when he put a wall up on 65 and showed me 
video cameras shining down on us saying, this is your land I gave you. Take this land first. He said, occupy this land. He goes, how can you go out and do anything in anybody else's land if you haven't taken care of your own land? He said, that's Lot's land. This is your land. That looks better, but this is yours. And we all know what happened to Lot. So that's just a little bit. I want you to pray about that. That's just a little bit of what he wants to do. And I don't want you to lose. I want, that needs to be on your heart. It needs to be on your prayers. Look, we didn't know we were going to get the land behind us. We prayed about it. I laid on my face in here and prayed about it. And it came. The money came. The fi- all the resources came. The guy's heart changed to actually sell the property. And the good part is if his heart changed to sell that property, and he owns all the rest of the property. <laughs> I'm going to speak here right now. His heart's going to change and he's going to sell us the rest of the property. And the Lord's going to provide for that. I just believe it. Look, we are set on a hill. We are set in a perfect spot. You know, you can see this place when you're in Montgomery at night. I love the fact that when I'm driving up 65 at night, it glows. Hmm. I know right where our exit is. (laughs) I don't need a sign. I just see light. Come on. That's what he wants to do. So I just want to share that. I want to share that this morning as we're talking about dreams. I don't. Like I said, we're not going to strive to achieve it, but man, we've got to keep moving through it. You know, when they were, when the Israelites were pulled out, right, as they they exited Egypt, they didn't stop and sit there. Every day they moved and they moved and they moved and they moved and they trusted in the Lord to provide for them and feed them and take care of them. And it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun and they were probably worried. And how are you going to cross the, how are you going to cross the Jordan? I don't know, especially in a flood season. (laughs) Like, I don't know. So this doesn't mean this is going to be easy, but it can be peaceful because we're going to trust in him and he's going to show us a way to do it. And we're just going to believe it. We're going to pray that. I believe in our kids being equipped. I believe, man, I believe we can change this world and this can be a hub for things to go out and just make major things happen. So that's what I believe. Um, So yeah, let me, uh, I'm glad I turned around and saw that my ushers were like, don't forget to receive offering. (laughs) But here's the thing, Uh, man, I just, I love this family. I love what God's doing. And I never, ever, ever want to lose focus on what he truly wants us to do. Um, Reaching the city of Millbrook is just a small portion of that. And we're doing that. We're doing it in a mighty way. Like we're changing hearts and minds and it's things are shifting, right? Because of our dedication to it and our yes. Do we have finances to do all this stuff? Absolutely not. (laughs) We don't, but I know somebody who does. So no matter what happens, like, hmm. Nope, not yet. But here's what I believe. Okay, let's see if I can, I want to receive offering. And look, I'm not, this, trust me, I'm not twisting your arm. This is not anything like this. But I do believe when we're in a family like this and we give, we give for many reasons. I don't talk about giving ever. Um, I really don't because I believe that, that we give with a cheerful heart. When we give with a cheerful heart, God will tell us what to give and we give with that and then he's gonna bless that. And I always tell you, if you're not cheerful, don't give. I don't want it. This church doesn't want it if you're not cheerful giving. If you're struggling and you're just saying, I can't believe I gotta give to the Lord, then keep it. Right? But I believe people give for several reasons. Um, you know, one reason is for... Um, Man, just out of honor. You give out of honor. You give because 
man, you just honor him and you love him and you thank him and you can't, you can't give enough to thank him enough. So in your heart, you're just honored by that. And there's some people you might come here and never give and we love you and it doesn't matter. But at some point, there's gonna be an honor that gets called on you that you go, you know what? I'm gonna honor and I'm gonna give, right? And, and we do really well uh, with that. I believe the second thing is out of need. When we provide a need, people give. I believe that, you know. And we've got, man, we've got testimony after testimony with that. I told them we wanted to, we need to raise $45,000 to get a down payment to buy the land. And in two weeks, we had an extra $45,000 that came in. There was a need based on a vision. People gave. And then we bought the land for $40,000 and didn't have to take out a mortgage. So I don't know, right? So if there's a need, we've had families in this church that need. And when we bring it up, y'all give, man. Like we have a phenomenal family that has a heart to give for needs. And that last one is the vision. Man, some people will give because they have resources to give to what God wants to do. And that's how he does that. Not everybody will have the resources to, to, to help in everything, but here's what he does. God says, don't worry, you give it, I'll multiply it. He goes, you have faith in giving, I'll multiply. And that's what he wants to do. So I think those are three big reasons um, off the top of my head why people give. Um, and man, we've, and there's so much that we give to. There's so many things we do from missions all over the world to, to feeding people on Thanksgiving and praise in the park and all these other things that we get to just love on families. But we take care of our own. When people are in need, we're going to take care of them. So anyway, there. Um, talked about giving. That's my heart on giving. I'm going to pray. Um, let's stand to our feet. I want to get us out of here. Um, before I do that, I'll let you know that um, the church will be kind of shut down this week. So don't come out. Uh, there's no student ministry, uh, no prayer on Monday. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. Spend time with your family. We're actually, we were supposed to meet out here as a staff and I didn't even tell them, but we're heading right after service. Uh, Jules, Ava, and I were heading out to Augusta to spend time with my son um, to celebrate Thanksgiving with them just a little bit early since they can't come to us. So um, we're going to go out there and visit them and be back for Thanksgiving. Um, with that being said, if you don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving, you better not spend Thanksgiving alone. We have families that have open tables, so talk to me. Come talk to me. We have tables available. We have chairs available. We have people that want to bless you. Don't do this alone. You're not meant to do life alone. You're supposed to do this together. Um, several families. I already see the Purdue's over there saying, yes, come on to our house. Come over to our house. There it is. There it is. Sarah was the one singing up on stage. Just find her. She'll tell you where they live. Um, give me a shout. Look, if you can't find a place to go and you want to spend Thanksgiving, come spend it with us. We would love to have you. We'll be back in town. Um, if you end up at Jim Paul's, that's just because they gave you the wrong address. <laughs> oh, man. I love this family, y'all. God loves us. He loves what we're doing. His eyes on us. Good things are happening. Powerful things are moving. I see it. We get to be part of that. Like, we get to be part of this. I'm excited over that. When we give, we get to give to this. We get to be part of something that's a legacy that, that man, it's going to reach generations and generations and generations and generations. And, man, we're just at the start of it. And I'm amazed every day. 
And we're just at the start of it. So Father, we love you and we thank you for that. We thank you that you trust us with this. We know what the call is and we thank you for that, Lord. So Father, we open our hearts to you, Father. Use us in a mighty way. Strengthen us, Father. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us, man, increase our faith. We just want to believe right now, Lord, that even when times look bad, Lord, that you are all over it. Man, you're in front of us. You're behind us. Father, I think, I'm so thankful that when we look out, man, we see an army on our side. So, Father, today I just ask you to bless this family. Bless this whole family. Bless the people watching online. Guide them, lead them. Give us new dreams, Father, bigger dreams. Man. Ah. Give us new visions. Mm. We just want to be part of it, Lord. We submit to you. Have your way in everything we do. Man, we, come, we purify ourselves before you right now, Lord. Mm. Mm. Father, we just love you. And I ask, Lord, as we get prepared to give, Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for the hearts in this room. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the small starts, (laughs) the courage to take step after step after step, for always being there, Lord, for always picking us up, always dusting us off. I thank you for that, Lord. And Father, we, we just love you. We love you, Lord. Continue to do what you want to do. We lift you up. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen amen and amen. Come on, y'all. So happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. If you want to spend it with somebody, spend it with us. Come on. Get a hold of somebody in the family. Don't do it alone. We love you guys. We'll be back next week. Next week is on. (laughs) That wasn't one of the days. So we love you guys. If you need prayer, our prayer partners will be at the crosses on either side. Uh, So if you need prayer this morning, don't leave out of here without prayer. Don't leave out of here with what you came in with. We love you guys. Be blessed.